Hello, I'm Alma Schneider. I'm a licensed clinical social worker and the proud mother of four children, one of whom has Prader-Willi syndrome. And I am Iris Miller. I'm a certified rehabilitation counselor and the proud mother of two children, one of whom has quadriplegic cerebral palsy and is nonverbal. In this podcast, we discuss the uncensored truth about raising children with disabilities. Prepare to laugh, cry, and hopefully learn something new. This is Two Moms, No Fluff. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Two Moms, No Fluff, the uncensored truth of raising children with disabilities. We are so happy you're here. Welcome to newcomers and welcome back to the veterans of our listeners. Iris, would you like to tell everyone who we have today on our podcast? Yes, yes. Obviously, we have Alma Schneider, my partner here, and I'm Iris Miller. And we have a very special guest uh, here today, someone that I'm so happy and proud to host on our podcast. Uh, Her name is Marcy Post, but I would let her introduce herself. Marcy, I should have said Marcella, maybe. No, Marcy's fine. Marcella is what I used to get in trouble as a kid. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, thank you so very much for taking the time of your extremely busy day to join us today and share your knowledge, experience, and information with other parents. And uh, if you don't mind, please, please introduce yourself so our listeners can get to know you. Absolutely. So um, I'm Marcy Post. Uh, I'm the my official title is the Assistant Director of Public Services for the City, um, which essentially uh, there's kind of two things that I do there. But um, everybody knows me right now in this capacity as being like the League Director of the Miracle Field. So um, I've been with the city's Parks Department for 15 years, 15 plus years. And before I was here in Midland, I started the Parks and Recreation Department in Little Little Claire, Michigan. Um, and then before that, I was with the City of Livonia um, for a few years doing a um, managing a a small park staff um, and and we had just built a big community center. So my whole career has been in municipal parks and recreation. I did a little bit for the DNR in college. I worked at a national park in college. Uh, So I've always been parks focused. Um, Both my undergrad and my master's degrees are both in parks and recreation administration. If uh, if you didn't know that that was a major, you do now. So um, fire up chips. Um, But I live here in Midland uh, with my family. I've got two boys, one 14 and one four. Um, And uh, uh, we are uh, avid campers when mom can get away um, in the summertime here in the city. I run, uh, in addition to the Miracle Fields, um, basically any outdoor recreation that's not covered by the community center. So uh, Plymouth Pool, which we'll see likely um, 40 to 50,000 visitors this year. Um, a variety of special events and programs. So Tunes by the Church Summer Concert Series, um, the LEAP program, which is a program for adults who have disabilities, a recreation program, um, and just kind of these one-offs, pitch it and run, fishing day at Stratford. So very busy in the summer, but um, when I'm not busy, I'm camping with my family. Um, I also found um, running after my first was born um, and uh, I was, I was I'm an athlete. Uh, so I run, um, I run a lot. I run these crazy, um, 200 mile road races with um with girlfriends uh and i'm actually headed headed this weekend to run a a half marathon so uh this is where i find um i I can get some stress out in those in those spaces so i do a lot of that and i I still play women's basketball so i'm champion championships (laughs) this weekend so wish me luck wow wow you must be in amazing shape yeah um yeah it's a lot (laughs) sounds like well good for you thank you Um, before I ask my 
official question, I just need to ask if you feel a special affinity toward uh, Amy Poehler in Parks and Rec. <laughs> I am. I am. I am Leslie Nope. Um, and so uh, and everything around me is Leslie Nope in my office. Um, so you'll have to come see it sometime. Um, but I actually, uh, this is funny. Um, I have 10 other girlfriends who do my job in other cities around the state, um, Farmington Hills, the city of Lansing, um, uh, Canton, um, all over. And so we have a small, very informal group we call the Sisters of Pawnee. Um, yeah. <laughs> we have a chat group and um, we have a uh, we have an Amazon storefront because we have these same products that we love, but we meet two to three times a year on weekends. Um, wow. we, and we celebrate Galentine's Day on February 13th. So it's, oh. it's and I think um, waffle tattoos are likely in my future. So um, this, it's real, it's all real. <laughs> you guys, you have to take a pause and explain to other listeners who have no clue what you're talking about, what it is all about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the show Parks and Recreation that came out on NBC in 2003, that's almost a spinoff of The Office. But um, I, the question I get, that's how I introduce myself in a lot of groups. And then it just totally breaks the silence. And like, oh, okay, like you're the girl from Parks and Rec. And I'm, yeah, so minus the many binders, <laughs> but it's a great, and I, the question I get asked the most is, is how, how much alike is it? And I laugh and I say, it's very much different, but there are days when I feel like I'm going to forget the Easter eggs at the Easter egg hunt. Like that's, where I'm at so yeah, you do you do a little of everything um so my question is about disability since we are yeah. on a disability podcast what is your connection if any to yeah. the disability community so um it's it's deep it's super deep um so in 2017 um my husband and I found out that we were pregnant um with our second and um we weren't we were weren't actively trying but um, here he came all of a sudden, um, terrible pregnancy. And, um, at 36, and I was geriatric maternal age, um, which is the three words that you never want to hear from your, um, OB. Uh, but, um, went in for my 36 week appointment and said, um, he said, you're going to have this baby this weekend. Something's not quite right here. Um, and, um, we found out um, that there was some fluid on my, my guy's lungs. And so he handed me a one-way ticket to Ann Arbor. Uh, do not go home, go straight there. So um, Ann Arbor was waiting for us. And um, Julian, um, we are a big Beatles family. So uh, hey, Jude. And so Julian is our connection there. Uh, Julian was born a few days later um, and on, uh, on April uh, 24th and so on March 24th. And so, um, two days after that, we knew something was wrong. Um, they kind of watched him. So, um, the, the mot, the Nikki was ready in the nest for him. Um, and they put, um, they, they got his lungs, uh, cleared from the fluid. Um, and they, but they had done an amniocentesis. So long story short, we got a birthday diagnosis that my son would, was born with down syndrome. Um, but at that point, um, we didn't know what was happening, but there was something else that was wrong. So, um, they, they, they studied him. So I lived in Ann Arbor for three months at the Ronald McDonald house while my husband commuted back and forth. Um, the girls, the nurses who are still friends of our family joked that I was the mayor because I was literally there so much. I mean, I was there at 8am and I didn't leave until 10. Um, and so we, they watched Julian very closely and um, he had something called congenital lymphatic dysplasia, which is um, very rare, um, but essentially his body didn't have a lymph system, which explains why my pregnancy was so terrible um, in that regard, because I really feel like I was probably carrying his fluids for him. Um, there's a picture of me and, and I saw it and I thought, wow, okay, I, I I see that now, but, um, so Julian, um, they, 
he, he was on ECMO um, that saved him um, at one point. So there were a few times we almost lost him, but um, eventually um, his, um, his body said no um, about three months after he was born. So he passed away on June 5th, 2018. Um, but um, it, it just kind of, we had gotten, uh, we, you know, we had done a, an MFM scan and um, I didn't hear the doctor or get the cues from the doctor when he said, you've got a bright spot on the heart and those sorts of things. Um, and not that it mattered because we were going to roll with it, but um, that's where the miracle field comes in is while we were in the hospital, um, a friend said to me, um, would you, you got to see this video. It's my nephew playing, playing miracle field baseball. He's got down syndrome. He lives in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we had talked about the miracle field, but um, so that just kind of tied it all together, but, um, it was, it was really traumatic. Um, there were some really scary nights, um, and some really scary days, but, um, it was a beautiful experience. If I had to say that, like, I, I don't know how, how else to say that, um, traumatic for our family at that time, my oldest was nine. So, um, it was, uh, it was a lot of travel. Uh, I stayed, I only came home from Ann Arbor one time, but, um, but it was, it was a lot for us. And so for a very long time, um, we did a lot of therapy and a lot of counseling, having lost a child, um, but also having the, the down syndrome component, like overnight, I was reading books, like, you know, why did this happen to me? And how did this happen? And, and how, what do I do next? And then the Medicare and the medic, I don't even, the medical piece of it uh, still is, is, um, I still am overwhelmed at thinking about that. So that's my connection. So, um, so I had a son born with Down syndrome. Um, but uh, and then we did end up having a rainbow baby after that. So Cal and Jude, who was named after his brother, he's four now. So, so I did have three, I have a mother of three boys. Um, and my oldest reminds me of that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, thank you for sharing that. That's thank uh, you. It's, it's going to help a lot of people to hear yeah. that they're not alone. Yeah, that. it's a, it's tough. And when you start looking at some of the research or, you know, you listen to the blogs and things like these other parents who say, what did I do wrong in order to have this happen? You know, I'm this athletic mother, you know, who, yeah, I was older, but, um, you know, it's just, it's so interesting. Like until you're put in that position, you don't read all real lives. Like, but um, it was funny, a friend of mine who's a physician, she's a PA or was a PA, she knew before I did, because um, she saw a picture of his hand and he had the crease and yeah. uh, okay, it was, so it was, it was beautiful. Um, his life was, was beautiful. And um, the nurses at Mott, um, he was on, um, he was on a respirator, an event, um, but they did everything that they could to let me hold him every night. And so after everybody went home, I'd stay late until midnight, just for, I'd have to go to the bathroom, you change and I get down skin to skin as much as possible. So, um, some nurses were better than others, but they let me have that time with him. So it was, I will forever be a, a Michigan fan after that experience. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a crazy story. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it you to the disability community, sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. And when I got home, I tell you what, the first call I got was Kim White, and I didn't know Kim at the time. Um, and we were just, the Down Syndrome community just pulled us in and, and gave us a big hug. And so, and it's it's been amazing. It's been absolutely amazing. Kim White? Um, her, um, her son works for, uh, works for us. Um, her son has Down Syndrome. He's, he's 25. Um, mm -hmm. And just an advocate uh, in the community. Mm -hmm. So Marcy, that's like a, a, a deep, <laughs> deep and uh, hard, hard to tell and hard to listen to story. Yeah. But thank you again very much for sharing it. And um, I, uh, 
I want to tell you that uh, it's it just uh, every story like that, that someone shares, there is a mother out there that uh, needs to hear it and that is touched. So I really appreciate you kind of Thank being you. about it and um, disclosing so much. I wanted, you touched on it a tiny bit during this story about the connection to the Miracle League. Yeah. Can you expand a little bit about yeah. how this came full force back into your life? Yeah. Um, so, you know, we had, we had talked about the Miracle Field a couple of times or having a Miracle Field um, or some sort of an accessible surface. Um, and so, again, while I was in the hospital, my girlfriend um, was showing me pictures of Charlie um, or videos of him playing. Um, and I and I looked at those videos and I thought and so I called my boss, Karen, who was she's my biggest supporter. And I said, I want to build this like we have to build this. You know what what res respectable recreation director ha doesn't have a place for their child to play baseball? Because at that point, um, I knew that um, I knew that I was going to have to quit my job um, to care for Julian because um, he would have been on a trach and on a vent and in a wheelchair, likely um, because his, had he survived um, his body. Um, it was pretty wrecked from all of the implements that they used. So, um, so I knew that that's where we were going to be. Um, so, um, so I came home and, um, Karen looked at me and said, are you ready to build the field? And I said, yes. Wow. And so, um, we started in September, um, and I, and I started going to other fields. I went to Southfield, um, who was the second miracle field in the country at the time, or at least that's what he told me. Um, and, and the thing I realized talking to him, um, his name is Steve Peck. Um, he's a radio broadcaster and he said, this isn't just for those kids. This is for those parents too. It, for, and it's crazy picture day in our world is insane because so many of these parents don't know how to how to conduct a proper picture day, which is so basic for any, um, for anybody who's got kids in, in T-ball or Little League. Um, so it's a beautiful chaotic mess and I love every minute of it. And I'm so <laughs> blessed to be able to give these parents the experience that is, you know, picture day, but you know, it goes back to these, you know, it gives parents the opportunity to sit in the stands and be a fan and let, let their kid be a kid and they can watch, you know, and have that experience too. Um, and that was huge, but, um, we did. We we went to Southfield. We went to Plymouth. Um, I've been to West Michigan, South Michigan, Bridgeport. So we we did the tour to see what they you know what their best practices were. Um, and uh, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, runs a runs runs a foundation here in town. And we went to see her and said, "Do you think that this is that this is going to work? Or is it going to happen? Can we make it happen?" And they said, "Yes, we're going to commit some funding to you." And the rest is history so yes um it's definitely uh and it's for you know it was for julian for me that was my special i don't want to call it a grief project but it really was a way for me to remember him um also for my son to have like this i don't know i don't say memorial but like this place to know that mom did this for my brother yeah yeah it's so, beautiful yeah beautiful can you describe a little bit about how it works? Yeah. So is it's, it's an accessible floor. If you could explain a little bit about yeah. what that means so, and how they play. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's a it's a baseball diamond that's made out of rubber, um, but there are no barriers to play. So the gates are big enough for anybody to get through. Um, there are no coverings on the dugout so that wheelchairs can zip in and out. All my kids who are in wheelchairs or who have walkers, um, they can go anywhere on the field. Um, if you think about, a sandlot league or a sandlot field, you know, you've got 
dirt base paths that are rutted out, that are uneven, that are unsafe. So in a miracle field, uh, the surface is, A, it's crowned underneath the, the actual rubber surface. So it drains beautifully. So on opening day this year, when every other field in the city um, was not playable, we were because the water you know comes right off and that's how it's designed to do. And that's the biggest, most expensive component of a miracle field. But also the rubber surface itself, um, the base paths are actually just a different color rubber. So there's no bases that stick up off the fields. Um, there's nothing that the kids will get caught up on if they're in a walker in a wheelchair. Um, and if they do fall, which they do, um, we all do, quite frankly, um, it's, it's, it's not really soft, but it's, it's not falling on concrete or asphalt, right? So, um, so it's a, it's a baseball field, but I, I feel like it's already so much more. Um, in Miracle Field, that that is created was specifically for baseball. So we do a spring league and we do a fall league. Spring is all the bells and whistles. It's jerseys, hats, um, picture day, concessions, um, six weeks of play um, on Saturdays. And it's just, it's just the whole, the whole um, pomp and circumstance of baseball. I have an announcer who is I literally got an email today from a parent who wants to send him a gift to thank him because the most important thing is to make it to make these kids feel like they are the single greatest thing on earth in that moment. So they get a walk up song, you know, so whether it's, um, you know, like a Beastie Boy song or it's blippy, I'm an excavator, you know, these kids are getting to walk up to their songs, they know that that's their song. They have oh. So it's a whole production right I mean. Uh, it's just, it's phenomenal. So, so that's spring and then fall is a little bit more Sandlot-esque. So real, real quiet, real gentle four weeks, um, usually the four weeks after Labor Day, because um, we compete with football um, on Saturdays and, you know, all the soccer and all the things as well too, but um, a little bit more relaxed. Um, we'll get jerseys, but not the hats, not the pictures, not, you know, any of that kind of stuff. Um, but then, you know, last year we started um, a competitive unified wiffle ball league. So um, I have some adult um, adults who have some disabilities who um, they don't want to play in a recreational league. So in Miracle Field, everybody hits, everybody runs or rolls, and everybody scores every time. So at the end, there is no score. I mean, we don't keep score. There's no scoreboard. Um, but I've got a group of, of gentlemen who, who don't want to play with they want to play competitively, but they can't go to Emerson Park on a Tuesday night and play men's fast, but it's just, just not safe for them, right? So um, so we came up with a unified league, which is something we're seeing more and more of. So we had you know, 20 people. We had two teams of 10. And for four nights in the summer last year, we went out and played wiffle ball. And, and it was hilarious because... Um, there was a bit of trash talking going on um, and there, and, and they were sliding, you know, they wanted to slide, which I said, you can't slide on this rubber, but, um, but it was competitive and it was fun and they got to keep score and we had a referee. So, um, so we're doing that, but then um, I'm also going to try kickball for the kids this summer too. So um, it's not just baseball. It's, it's all things um, just to get them out and try new things. Because what I realize is that parents who try they never thought that their kid could play baseball or they're adult. My oldest athlete is 71. Wow. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's, what's incredible. I, I have a, my youngest is three this year. And my oldest is 71. Um, <laughs> so I just great. can't, I can't turn anybody away, but, <laughs> um, but we're doing a lot of things out there and it's because parents are, they're getting the confidence to say, wait, what else can we do? Yes. And that is what I love the most about that. Yeah, you're serving as a model for, for yeah. everyone. Wow, you put your mind to something, you gather people, you yep. get it done. 
Yeah. And, and it's, I, I can't see that field not being used. I mean, it was expensive. Yeah. So let's use it. Let's get people out there. And yeah. we do have a ton of use. The little league is using it for their T-ball program on Thursday nights, yeah. which is great. Um, they can't use hard balls. You know, they can't use baseballs because they do bounce and that's a little, little scary, but you know, the ESA is using the fields, Midland public schools is using the fields and we're happy to let anybody use it, you know, for their programs so for kids who have disabilities and not truly. Yeah. Um, so uh, Alma, did you have a question? Sorry, I'm just jumping. Oh, in. no, no, I, it's, we go for it. <laughs> I, I just wanted to know, Marcy, like, how was the response from the community? I, uh, I know that you're busy recruiting volunteers to help every summer and just wanted to know what was the reflection back when the Miracle Field came to our community. Yeah, I still think not enough people know about it, um, but the people that do know about it, understand how amazing it is and when I get somebody who's never seen it and they come out and usually they'll come out because somebody they're coming with somebody else they'll stop me and say that this is amazing you know they don't you don't understand what you're looking at until you see um, like one of our little athletes she she can't seem to figure out how to run the bases the right way and that is amazing like you go girl if it means you go to third base first I'm all for it right <laughs> Um, and so when they see this and they see how excited the kids are and, and how it all works, they're like, oh, this is, this is great. And for me, it's when I see those volunteers come back after that first time, you know, I've got a couple of, of boys, um, in high school and I have, a, I almost have a high schooler here in about two weeks, but you know, when you see those high school boys come back and their moms say, I, I didn't prompt this, like they, you know, they had to come this first time for their team because I do have a lot of teams that come in, but I have one kid in particular in my, in my head, he has been back every week because yeah. he finds so much joy in volunteering and, and just being with, you know, with all of our participants and all of our athletes. So I, we've got, we've got more work to do. I I'm on the circuit for, for telling everybody about Miracle Field, which is awesome, but, um, just getting people out there has been amazing. And do you have, uh, you mentioned that other teams can use this field. Is there any potential problem with having a, a typical team use this, use the field or is it just no, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's a community field. Um, you know, I, I, as long as they're like What's damaging, that? damaging the flooring. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, no. As long as there's no cleats, we, we have a, a strict set of rules on what they can and can't do, you know, no sunflower seeds, no bubble gum, no cleats. Mm -hmm. Um, and for, and for, especially for like the little guys, the T-ball, the coach pitch, I'm not worried about that. Um, I do mm -hmm. have, I do have some friends that like to jump the fence. Um, that our trash cans seem to be the perfect launching pad up and over the, um, up and over the dugouts, but, um, that just tells me that kids want to use it, which, you know, yeah. I can't, I have to keep it locked. Um, we've heard some horror stories about people tailgating and putting oh. hot, um, hot grills on the surface and not, not realizing like, okay, this is rubber. It could melt. So, um, so, you know, we're cautious about it and, you know, we're going to get some cameras. We've had a little bit of vandalism. We're kind of keeping an eye on, but uh, my neighbors are pretty passionate about the miracle field too. Um, in fact, my announcer is a neighbor, so he's got his eye on that place, but good. it's always good to have some little spies all around. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I know how expensive the, that flooring is because in Montclair, New Jersey, where, where I live, we, we had a, an accessible playground put in and that was what the most of the fundraising went toward absolutely very pricey um it sounds like a lot of these volunteers i mean we consider all of that stuff social 
you know, activism, uh, disability activism, what are some other ways that you see parents uh, becoming activists around this around this issue or just parents of kids with disabilities becoming activists for their kids? I, I, they're starting to speak up a little bit more. And I, I am new and I'll be the first one to tell you, I know nothing about, the more I learn, the less I know. Um, meeting Iris for the first time, I'll never forget that moment. Um, you know, when we were talking about putting a lift in the miracle field. And I thought, well, what, what do I need that for? Oh, holy cow. I, I see it all now, right? But like, I still, I, I know so little. And so, and that's the first thing I say to parents in my parent meeting. I say, I do not know. So if I am wrong, please correct me. If I've said, I, I try to use people first language. Um, and I, you know, it's, it's just, it's a lot. Um, and so, if, if you need to correct me, please do. So they're speaking up for things. And so I've got parents who, um, who want to join the, I don't have a board. I've got a small sounding committee, you know, for things like, what do I do about this? Or what do I do about this? Or do I let a three-year-old in? So, you know, they want to join these committees, but I see them getting more active and, and pushing for more, which I love. Um, a friend of mine whose son plays in the league um, is pushing for her son to play a musical instrument in the schools. And originally, you know, he was told that that wouldn't be a good fit, but now she's seeing what he can do on the baseball field. Right. And so <laughs> yeah. she's, she's saying, okay, yeah, we're going to, we're going to push for this. Um, and we're yeah. going to, we're going to try to make this happen. So I'm, I'm excited to see what these parents are going to do more of, um, to know that they can ask for these things yeah. and then it's going to be a welcome ask. I think that that's a big piece of that. Like, you mm -hmm. know, when Iris came to us and said, we need to get a lift in, we both, my, my boss and I both shook our heads and we're like, okay, okay, like, oh, okay, like, let's, let's try this. And now look where we're at. I mean, we're about to put in a changing place bathroom in one of our Yay. parks. You know, we've got a lift, we've got a Hoyer lift at the Miracle Fields. I mean, that took no time at all. So, so these are easy asks um, that make a world of difference. Isn't Iris amazing? We know you're amazing. Isn't Iris amazing? Really a conversation shift to me. I do not know. Back to you, Marcy. Oh my God. Oh I, I wanted to ask you, um, how, how did your personal story beyond the, the Miracle League and the Miracle Field, how did your personal story affect you professionally? Um, I would say it, um, I grew up um, and I think it, which sounds funny, right? Um, I lost my mom when I was very young, when I was in my twenties. Um, and that, I really struggled with that for a long time, but I think, um, and I've grown up in the role that I'm in, which good or bad is the truth. I've been here for 15 years. So, um, but I think what it showed me is how strong I really was. Um, and I think everybody handles grief differently and I'm, I'm good at grief. And I know that sounds crazy, but I think I'm, I'm good at, I'm good at this. And so, um, I was able to take what I think may, may have killed some other people, right? I mean, the loss of a child and, and all of this, I, I feel strong enough to be able to say like, I took this and I turned it around and we use that for good. Right. And there are days that I break down and I sit at the field and it's my place. Um, but it, the, this experience professionally showed me that, um, this, this is all great, but this isn't what really matters. This whole, you know, when somebody's calling and they're mad because their park shelter was double booked, not that that ever happens, but you know, these small things, um, I say to my staff now, we're not saving babies today. Um, it's parks. Like, I'm, I'm sorry that your, your, the grass in your park is not mowed. Uh, you know, I, I mean, these are small potatoes compared to the women who are, you know, 
um, you know, on life flight right now, going to get a baby who's very ill, you know, so um, it's put everything into perspective. Um, I, our new family motto is every day is a gift. And so, and so when I start to get stressed about work or about, you know, the pool staff not showing up, whatever it is that's happening on that day, it all goes back to it's, this is, this is nothing compared to where we could be right now, you know? Um, so it's, it's helped, helped me grow up, but also, um, realize how strong I am. And, and, and after, um, you know, I was, I was promoted to a new role, um, a couple of years ago and it like after Julian had passed and I thought this has prepared me for all of those things, right? Like this is, it makes you just realize that, you know, none of this really matters. This what really matters is your family and these things that, you know, to be grateful for. It's true. It's true. And, you know, hopefully we're seeing changes with how people view people with disabilities, but um, how do you, what has been your experience since you're, since you've been doing the Miracle Field about how people are viewing, do you see a change in how people are viewing people with disabilities, what their capabilities are, whereas they might've thought they were limited in these ways, they're realizing, wow, they're really not. Have you seen that change? Have you felt that change? Absolutely. And, you know, there are some kids. So we let kids that are as young as 13 out of the field and um, to be volunteers or be volunteer buddies with us. And and there are some kiddos who are very nervous and, and rightfully so. It's for some of our participants or some of our athletes have some uh, have some pretty severe disabilities. Um so you see them warm up. So I have, I had a kiddo and there's, I have one in my head in particular who, who really struggled. Um, and I said, that's okay. You don't have to be a buddy today. Why don't you be my umpire? Mm-hmm. You know, stand behind the plate, help me get the tee off the base. If somebody's not using it, because we use all sorts of adaptive equipment from, um, from tees to beeper boxes, to a, a, a machine that one of my staff created that actually has a clay shooter in it. That, um, so, so somebody who can't hold the bat, you, you pull the trigger and the bat swings for them. It's almost like a switch device. Um, and so, so we allow these kids, especially to warm up because they've got to get acquainted because in so many levels, especially if they're, they're athletes and they're busy, they don't, they don't have that daily experience um, of working with somebody with a disability. They're not around that person. Right. And so when you see them in their element, a lot of times you've got to let them warm up and get and, and kind of watch and see how that works. By the end of that game, that kid was a buddy to one of, um, to one of my adults, um, and uh, he had a blast, right? Because at that point he was rolling her as fast as he could down from first base to second base. And it was awesome. Um, and so you see you see them working together. And, and then that to me becomes so unified because it's just awareness from one side to the other. And then it just makes this whole group, just this beautiful menagerie of, of crazy. It's all crazy, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, kids throwing the bat one way and, um, but yeah, I circling back, you can see people understanding how much people with disabilities can do physically. And if they can't, what we can do to adapt what we have to make it okay to do it just a little bit differently. So yeah, you're hitting a red rubber ball off of um, a giant tee that's sitting on a laundry basket. Sure. Let's go. Like it's, so it's not a baseball. It's okay. (laughs) Right. That's great. And that is so important for kids to be able to get comfortable because if you're not around something, you're not going to be comfortable. And that's why inclusion in schools is so important. So everybody's together. 
yeah. you know, going through these stages and phases together so that it's not so odd or scary or unfamiliar. Right. And it's, it goes back to like when we were kids, you know, we would find, we would find the most crazy things to be the bat and be the balls. We made it happen and we made it work. And that's exactly what we're doing on the miracle field front, right? Like however we can make it so that somebody's hitting a ball with a long stick yeah. is how it's going to work. As simple as that. Just yeah. simple as that. So simple. Yeah. Marcy, <clears throat> sorry, we have you here because you single-handedly created an amazing change in our community with this basically one project, the, the miracle field, and uh, that's the, the ripple effect of that thing on so many uh, families, both the families whose a family member participates in the league and those families whose family member is volunteering and supporting the project in one way or another. Uh, the, this is such a game changer <laughs> nice. yeah for everybody that uh, i want to ask you what is your advice for other parents that that want to create change in their communities and uh, parents of children with disabilities uh, many times you know see the need firsthand because their child is personally affected how do you recommend uh, to other parents to create change like you did yeah um that's a great question i think it's I think it's starting small. I mean, um, nobody or not many people have access to this beautiful surface like we do, but you know, you could easily replicate this on um, even an old baseball, not a baseball, but a basketball court or, or start some sort of small program. It doesn't have to be baseball. It could be soccer. I mean, we have a really great soccer program in Midland. Um, but if you offer parents up the opportunity to meet with other parents, and that's one thing I realized too, is, is what we're lacking as parents start to meet each other and then they see the commonalities. Uh, and that's what the miracle field has done for us is created a community um, of parents who never would have met otherwise. But um, I think it's starting small. I mean, and just finding, finding a couple of key players in, in your community who are advocates because you need that voice, whether it's an Iris or it's a Kim White um, to push and say, this is really necessary. And, and yes, it doesn't, it's a, it's a, it's not a ton of kids, but it's going to start small and then it's going to start to grow. I mean, I really wish that I could, I wish I could put together a whole therapeutic recreation program at this point, because now we're seeing the real need for it, right? Because now we've got kids that are coming out of the woodwork that we'd never saw before. Many homeschool kids too, uh, we've realized. Um, but I, I think my advice would be to, you know, if you have a, a community center to, to start, you know, a support group uh, and to start pulling people together and start maybe if you know if it's recreational sports you're looking at that's easy like you know to start small and start doing some of these things and then uh and then build from there yeah. and I you're, don't know if that answers seeing, your question I think so it's it's when you bring people together amazing things happen it's as simple as that um and you're you know you're talking about you're realizing the great need for these programs, you, you have also witnessed the great benefits that they mm -hmm. that it can provide. So that's right. that's so huge. So I have a question for you. My last question is, if there was one thing that you could change about society regarding disability, what would it be? I I think we've got to be. I think we've got to be inclusive. Um, I see so many kids. I've, I've talked so much, you know, I, we talked a lot about Julian and, and how we would go to school and what that would look like. And, and so um, we don't see these kids enough in our community, right? I mean, they need to be 
and it's, it's hard. I mean, some of our kids are, um, they need a lot of, they need a lot of assistance and they need a lot of accommodation. Um, Mm -hmm. but we need to be able to offer those things so that these parents and these families can get out of the house and come downtown and, and be able just to be side by side with us. Um, when we got home from the hospital, um, I found a family, uh, he plays in the miracle field, um, who has down with the son has down syndrome and he's not far off my son. And I said, I need to have a play date. And I just want my son to learn more about down syndrome and what it would have been like to have a brother who has down syndrome. And, um, he met Josh and Josh is the light of my life every Saturday when he comes to the miracle field, cause he gives the best hugs. Um, but I want to see more of Josh and I want to see, I want to see all of the people in our community in all of these spaces, um, not just at the Miracle Field. I love having them there. And when they come, they are safe and this is their space and this is their community and these are their people. Um, and we all know, we all know each other now, which sounds really crazy considering I have 80 athletes. Um, but we, it, it's just, we're, we're starting to make those connections and, and create that community. But I, I just, I would love to see us more integrated than we are now. But I think that that comes with facility piece. Like how do we provide, you know, excuse me, bathrooms and accommodation and, and how do we make it less uncomfortable? Because we still need to become comfortable, you know, with, with our kiddos with disabilities. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And we have a program here. I'm hoping that everybody listening to this, who's local to me knows about our, we have a program. It's not the Miracle Field and they don't, we don't have the flooring, but we do have a baseball program that has been hugely helpful um, and beneficial for our disability community but we don't have the flooring so some people are not able to you to to take yeah. advantage of this great program we have so you're you're making my wheels start turning yeah. here yeah I mean, it doesn't have to be miracle field i mean the miracle field is a national organization right and um and they, the great thing about this affiliation is that at some point I'm going to send two kids to a national um, competition, not competition, but a national game. And, uh, and they've got, they provided us with some great specs on how to build a field and the best places to use and the best things to use and the cheapest ball, you know, some of that mm-hmm. stuff, which has been nice, but to be able to connect, but um, it doesn't take a miracle field to start a revolution, right? Like, it, you don't have to have a soft surface. I mean, you know, we played the Dow Diamond has graciously opened up their field to us at the end of inclusion day every year um, in the, at the end of July. And it's mm-hmm. hard, you know, we're on this, it, it's still a professional baseball diamond, but for some of our kids who do have a wheelchair, if they're not powered, especially it's, it's hard, but mm-hmm. to play on Dow Diamond in Midland is one of the most precious things that these kids have ever done. And they are covered in red dust and never have they ever been happier because they have it right. But, but it, 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 it doesn't have to be, you know, that, in, I mean, you can start small, whether it is a small field that maybe, you know, it's not going to be perfect, but that's where you're going to start those things. Yeah. And I have to ask, is Dow, is Dow Diamond like Shea Stadium or something? Like, what is it? It's is a, it like- it's a, a major league baseball. It's a, it's a double A maybe a single A affiliate. So um, the, the, the guys that are in our league will end up going to the Dodgers um, or play. That's that's their farm, Dodgers Farm League, essentially what it is. So um, every year they do lots of programming um, and they are my number one partner and they bring out their team um, to, to our field and their mascot, who is Louis the Loon, um, who I have received, they, he came to our game last week and he, um, he called me crying when he was done because a friend of mine was in the suit, was in this mascot suit you know it's 100 degrees inside and he said that was the most rewarding experience I've ever had and the parents sending the email saying that you know 
oh my god it just it, the, how uh, it's that makes it's my job the best job it's meaningful yeah yep. very meaningful to everyone and mm-hmm. that's that's kind of that's the best kind of bang for your buck when you're putting all this work into something and it's affecting so many people so thank you so much for for doing this and and i've i've loved listening to you i think you're an amazing person and i want to come meet you and have coffee when i visit Iris. <laughs> please do please do <laughs> Marcy, uh, before we kind of close this uh, uh, conversation, do you have anything else that you want to share or uh, that we didn't touch on that is important for this episode? Um, I would just say, you know, at the end of all of this, uh, you know, next year I'm looking, I'm looking at two leagues. I'm looking at an adult league and I'm looking at a youth league because I'm going to have over I'm going to guess 110 to 120 participants next year, um, which is huge. So I don't even begin to know how to accommodate that, um, you know, with volunteers and that sort of thing. But um, I'm shocked at how many people have come. And and it's not just from Midland. You know, they're coming from 100 miles anyway. Um, And and so the draw is real and the need is real. And, um, And I just, I'm so happy to have found created, I guess, this community, um, through this park, through this thing. Um, it's just, um, it's been so cathartic for myself and for my family, um, to meet, um, to meet all of our athletes and just to see how happy they are. And, you know, the other thing that's happening too, is these kids are getting stronger physically, you know, they're, they're, they're truly working on their skills. I mean, whether they're using a lacrosse stick to grab a ball or a banana scoop from when we were kids, um, it's amazing to see their actual physical skill that they've, they've started to build on, you know, so that, I mean, that goes without saying it's going to happen, but when you start to see I have a little buddy who's starting to walk now. Um, he's getting out of his chair and he's trying to walk and, and that's been great, but, um, I'm just overwhelmed. Um, and I just, I just pushed a little bit harder for this little thing to happen. And this little thing is actually a really big thing. So, um, it's, it's, it's been amazing, but, uh, yeah, I just, I, I can't wait to see if you build it, they will come. And I can't, I was just going to say, I was just going to say, you probably heard it. A million times. I didn't want to be corny, but I was like, we yeah. got to end this episode with if they build it, they will come. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. So <laughs> it's true. It needs, there needs to be a place for people to go before you can make these changes. So thank you so much. This has been really enlightening and inspiring. And I think everybody can, you know, whether it's Miracle Field or, or anything else that's benefiting the lives of, of people who are often, you know, on, on the uh, forgotten side. Yes, cats, you know, on the sidelines, this is really, this is, you know, giving me a lot of ideas, uh, you know, going forward. So thank you so much for sharing yeah, your time. No problem. Marcy, thank you again for not only uh, joining us today, but for your activism and your work and promoting uh, inclusion and accessibility and making our community so much better. I really appreciate you. Thanks for having me, ladies. I really appreciate it. For more information, please go to www.twomomsnofluff.com. Thank you. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and give it a five-star rating so more people can hear it. Thank you.